Are you with Gillian on the Brown Note? A review of Sigaros and their eighth album, Atta. Uh, Sigaros are the Icelandic, um, initially phenomenon that arrived on an international stage with their second album, Agetis Birgen, which I probably haven't said correctly, which is Icelandic, I think, for an all right start. And it blew everyone away. They became these post-rock titans, but they were also this otherworldly force in music that no one knew quite if there was a precedent for stylistically. Um, they were kind of in this sort of emotive post-rock mood of Radiohead a bit. And indeed, I think Radiohead were one of the initial promoters of the band. With John C's incredible falsetto vo vocals and this incredibly moving music um, that transcended rock entirely. And over their first three albums, um, up until Tack in 2005 and the, and the Untitled album in 2002, that had a probably the Nothing song from that is probably my favourite of the Cigarette songs and featured in the movie. Um, Vanilla Sky, along with two other Sigaros tracks, and was recorded from a mixing desk live uh, in the movie uh, about two years before the album even came out. So they had this just otherworldly cachet, and they were just phenomenal. And they were sort of like in between um, the post rock music, BBC nature documentaries, particularly David Attenborough and Polar Bears, for some reason. Uh, and Tack contains some really like quite prominent songs as well, uh, which was um, Glossoli and Hip Hip Polar, which is uh, featured on numerous nature programs. And they, you know, they, they were the perfect soundtrack artist, and they conjured up the notion of fjordland and beauty, uh, and they were very sort of uncompromising in their music as well, which usually uh, was either sung in, was it Hoplandish, which was a made up language, or which was basically phonetically using Johnsy's incredible vocals, or in Icelandic. So they had this impenetrableness, yet it enabled the music to be almost like eating dinner blindfolded. I can't believe that's coming back. We've actually got a restaurant doing that in Sydney now. It's so bright now, I can't see much. Um, and after that, we got used to them. You know, it's like the shins as well. When the shins came out, they were so special, but we just got used to it. So after that, they've continued to tour and release albums very sporadically. <coughs> now, I saw them live because I won tickets, amazingly. In amazing seats as well. It was incredible. Uh, about a month ago in Sydney. And they did this set of very punishing, a three-hour set that actually had an interval. Very punishing band-led music. And I knew they were coming back with a new... And I was really impressed that they sold out this huge arena. Not on the back of touring an album or having released an album since 2013. Ten years later, they sold out this arena because they're one of these acts that people will go to see because it's them and because you don't know when they're going to come around again but it was very band -based, uh, based music and very hard and very intense and punishing 
and not much reference to the very prettier tracks that have become synonymous with them. So I was incredibly disappointed when Atar, their eighth studio album, was announced to be an orchestral album with a 41-piece choir. I was The reason I was annoyed was because I saw them live about over 10 years ago, and they had a lot of orchestral musicians with them on stage at a, a music festival in Sydney that died, sadly, called the Harvest Festival. It was an amazing festival while it lasted. I had tickets to the final one, and the headliner was Massive Attack, and they just cancelled it. Um, anyway, they had these orchestral musicians, and I felt it blunted and muted their music. So when I saw them live, and it was all really heavy band stuff, I was really looking forward to it. And then when they announced it was an orchestral album, I just wasn't. So here I am to tell you why Atar, the eighth studio album by Sigaross, is one of the greatest albums of the year and next to Sun Signature's album last year, the unbelievably underappreciated Sun Signature album, one of the two most beautiful albums I've heard in the last two years. Um, They've lost one of their initial band members, I think, through some dodgy stuff as well, but you can read up on that if you want to. Now, this plays out like a classical piece of music. There's no uh, few big songs like they've done in the past, um, like the ones I mentioned from Tack. That doesn't go for this. This goes for a whole album vibe from start to finish, uh, an incredibly curated, immersive album um, where each track is fading in and out of the others with virtually no bass or drums, uh, a reliance on orchestration throughout and a blending of Johnsy's and, and still incredibly angelic vocals um, with the music probably better than they've ever done. Um, it blends in so well. The opening track, Glue, um, it's not a song so much as an introduction, a very cinematic, long-form unfurling of where they're going, um, very stately, and it's got that BBC Nature documentary vibe on it. Uh, the second track, Blueberg, was hysterically a single, uh, over seven minutes long. Um, it's got the pace and the beauty of an ice flow, um, it's mournful, incredibly heart-stoppingly beautiful, and Johnsy's vocals aren't overused. I don't like, one thing I didn't like about the live gig I saw is that it was a bit too much. It was a little bit too histronic. Nothing here is. Johnsy's vocals aren't overused here at all. They don't just hammer it. It's um, really classy. Uh, nothing at all musically is overdone and the ideas percolate over the course of a song. Um, Skell, and that track too is just beautiful. Skell, um, it, it just evolves like a classical piece of music, like one long piece of music where each movement is moving in and out and the elements from one form, you know, 50% of the elements for the next that adds 50% more that then is picked up by the next 
Um, most of the tracks are very slight in, not slight in emotive feeling, not slight in how they're written or performed, but they don't use that many elements at all. It says it's like a 41 piece orchestra, but they've not got like 20 violinists playing all the time. It feels like very few instrumental parts are engaged in each song. And uh, the, the third track scale is actually increasing in intensity up until we get to Clesser, the fourth track, which has got a real hook on it. Um, <clears throat> and the first and only major use of drums on the, our whole album. Um, if I describe it as an album without drums or bass and much less Sigaros band playing, it's not going to make anyone want to listen to it, but it really, really is a compliment here. Uh, and this track reminded me of Glissoli, where it's got this dong, 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 and it's sort of like this gradual, intensely rising piece of music. Um, and it's got some, it's probably the most in focus track. And I really like the way that when they move to a progression, there are times when they haven't been as good as they can be, which is flat out one of the finest acts on earth. Um, where the progression can be a bit obvious or get a bit tiring. It doesn't happen here, I didn't think. <clears throat> I thought most of the progressions were really beautiful and interesting and nothing flagged, given that uh, it's often quite, um, you know, it's it's not album uh, music that reaches out with a lot of hooks. It's, a, it's music, even though that, that fourth track does have actually hooks in it. <clears throat> it doesn't overplay or go into you know a middle eighth that is just again repeating something they've done and like uh, by track five it feels like Gustav Mahler Mahler's my favorite composer and there's an integrity to his mood and pace uh, which I feel this album hits um, and it's just subtly evolving all the way through um, Andrew track six um, it's got piano coming into the mix and the soundstage gradually moves. I think probably <clears throat> for me the centerpiece and the most striking thing they've done in a very long time is the track Gold. And Sigaros have always either sung in Icelandic or in a made up phonetic vernacular. And they do on this album. Rending their lyrics is more emotional feeling than actual lyrics. And suddenly this track appears that's in English. It's just mind-blowing. And the lyrics, the verse is golden, frozen, golden, beautiful day. And the chorus, you know you're always welcome to stay. You know at the end of the day, we all, we all die anyway. Which is like, hearing this English language come out at that stage with those <coughs> Sir Chan Stephen we're all going to die motif um, was quite unbelievably striking and it's not a dark album I don't think the whole album Yulu uh, the 8th track um, everything on the album is in continually an organic state of rising and falling almost at the same time um, this is music to be a, a balm for anxiety and the times we live in it's not dark it's not oppressive it's, it's soothing and healing music even that track about 
dying was it felt it's okay it was just beautiful there's a simple plaintive piano ballad fall uh, which is almost like a, a break before the longest track on the album which is eight which finishes it and there's a if it functions as a summation of most of the musical elements and moods that have come before it again the piano from that uh, track four is sort of like carried over um, it gets to the halfway stage and then it falls into near silence for a half its near 10 minute duration and <clears throat> that silence actually reminded me a lot of the immortal um, ambient album disintegration loops by William Basinski it's barely there it's not as it's not as a, a volume level isn't as high as Basinski's album it's actually really really quiet but it had that feel to it so I was am amazed by this album from the cover down the rainbow on fire <clears throat> was an incredible image but just the fact that I didn't expect to want to hear a Sigaross album I wanted them to go back to indie musicianship and sound like some otherworldly variant of Radiohead and I thought this was a stunning album their best since TAC easily and a very different album to TAC because there's no big song per se it's a whole piece and one of the most beautiful albums in modern history and I'm going to give Sigur Rós at a, an incredibly solid 9 out of 10.